Hi everyone, my name is Kate. My name is Avery. And you're listening to Artwise. Back at ya again. Another Tuesday. Hello, everyone. I have another very special guest with me. Her name is Avery. If you want to say hi, introduce yourself. Tell tell us what you're all about, what you do as an artist, and what you're here on Artwise to talk about. Hey, guys. My name's Avery. I am an artist. I've always been an artist ever since I was a little kid. I just kind of got that label when I was growing up, and here I am now. I'm doing professional art and mediumship as well, psychic mediumship. The two kind of go hand in hand for me, so I've been kind of crafting how that will how that will play out and how to build upon those two and kind of combine them i have so many questions for you happy to answer them for you (laughs) (laughs) no i think i'm gonna be channeling for this entire episode to be honest like channeling from spirit so if i sound spacey just that's why (laughs) that's so sick see i see and this is why i have questions because uh we've talked a bit i'm i'm a very spiritual person i don't have that ability (laughs) so I have I just have a lot of questions yeah I'd love to answer them to start out I ask everybody this question because I think it's a really important question it helps people relate to you and helps kind of get a gauge for how you got started so why don't you talk a little bit about how your art journey began and like becoming an artist was that like something you've always wanted to do or was that something that you kind of like learned about yourself later on So when I was a little kid, I was always doing art, always doodling. My Christmas and birthday presents were always like crayons and paint and paper and all these supplies to do art. And I was always really drawn to it. It was just something that I naturally did. And I did it in school a lot. Like I would always doodle because another thing about me, I have ADHD. And so I doodle to kind of focus. So I would always be doodling all over my papers. It was kind of a problem. But people just started kind of, they just started calling me an artist. And I was like, no, that's not me. (laughs) That couldn't be me. I just like to draw. I like fully rejected that label for a very, very long time. Like right off the bat, when I was younger, I'd be like, no, I'm not an artist (laughs) because I was so focused on like a, (laughs) an official career that would be societally like accepted because my parents were always like, you got to go to a good college and get a good stable job. (laughs) Little did they know, (laughs) little did I know. But yeah, people kind of gave me that label as an artist. And I didn't really fully accept the fact that I was one until about like a year ago when I kind of realized like, hey, I do have something to offer when it comes to the art world, like a new kind of style, because I don't know. I've always been really cautious of going into art as a career field because I always heard from a young age, like the whole term like starving artists, artists make no money, things like that. And it just kind of depends on the path. It really depends on like what you're meant for and what you're supposed to do in this lifetime, which spirituality and realizing I was a medium played a huge part in me accepting the fact that I could be an artist full-time or at least part-time and that I can make a career out of it. So yeah, that's being figuring out I was a medium was a huge part of me accepting the fact that I'm an artist. Yeah, no, I, it's, uh, I hate hearing that. <laughs> no, I <laughs> No, it just makes me sad. I I talked about it a, a lot in in previous episodes, and I'll I'll say it a million times over. Like starving artists 
it's not a thing. And I don't know that I don't even know where it came from, really, because like, yeah, we have examples of like Van Gogh, where, you know, no one wanted to buy his paintings, and he died. And everyone was like, Oh, my gosh, he was so good. Yeah, that that was (laughs) actually a huge part of why I didn't want to become an artist, because I had learned that through that whole narrative of like, if you're an artist, you have to be miserable your whole life and then get famous after you're dead. So that to me, that was like, okay, no, we're not gonna do that. But it's but it not doesn't true. have to be the case. That is what I've learned. It's not true at all. Like, it's crazy to me because I, I'm a full-time artist and I have been since I was 18 years old. And I didn't even, not to, yeah. not the to The world sound, does need artists. The world needs us. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. And like, that's the thing is, is people make it seem like it's like this huge, like difficult thing to accomplish. And, and like really... I mean, yeah, it takes like a lot of hard work, you know, I, I've, yeah. like I said, it I've been a, dedication. a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of work. I, like I said, I've been an artist since I was 18 years old, pretty much fresh out of high school. And like, yeah, I've had to have, you know, other jobs and I've had to work sometimes <laughs> up to 80 hours a week, but you know what? Like it's, it's worth it. It's worth it though. Yeah, it is worth it. <laughs> I would rather work 80 hours and be exhausted doing something that I love than be miserable at a job that I hate where I am not, you know, serving like my purpose. And like, I know, I've always known in, you know, obviously like you're the same way as much as you want to deny it. I'm sure you've always kind of known like art was something that you're meant to do. And when you have like, when you have that knowing, it's like, it's hard to like waste your life away at a job that doesn't serve you when you could be helping people with your art. Because at the end of the day, it's not as a parent as being something like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. But you are like truly helping people in a similar way, whether other people can see that or not. And that's, that's my two cents. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have an art podcast if I was like, yeah, I know starving artist, right? Like, <laughs> no, no one should be an artist. Like, obviously, I'm not gonna <laughs> sit there and agree. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's and it's awesome that like, you found that path to I I'm like, always so happy to hear like people overcoming that I just get heated when I am like, here, you know, people say like, oh, yeah, I was taught my whole life, like, if I want to be miserable and not eat food and like, live <laughs> in a box under a bridge, I better do art. It's like, no. Yeah. Not. And that's the whole thing, too. Because like, you do have your doctors and you do have, you know, people in the military and people who do have those really important jobs. But what do you lean on when you're in times of crisis, you lean on art, and music, and basically just anything that somebody's created so they're equally as important and it took me a long time to figure that out but hey we're here (laughs) yeah I completely agree and it's it's so easy to look at someone in a position like a doctor someone in the military and be like that's important because it's so obvious it's right in front of your face but art is and always will be forever is such a subjective thing and like people who aren't artists and aren't naturally, you know, creative people, like it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to see like, oh, this is actually like really necessary. And like these people deserve to, you know, make a living for what they're doing just as much as, you know, anybody else who's doing something that's like obviously important, like, a, you know, a doctor or, you know, those other things. So yeah, it, 
it's really like, it's, I, I wish like that it wasn't a thing. I feel like we're growing too. I feel like society like as a whole is kind of starting to see like, oh, like there's a lot you can do with art, especially you know, with all of this, like, technology, like, advancing, there was graphic designers, there's advertisements, there's stuff like that. You really do need artists for all of those things. I feel like people are kind of starting to, like, be like, oh, that's what we need them for. Okay. So another question that I had for you uh, was, did you know you were a medium before you knew you were an artist or after? And like, how do they affect each other? Like, how did you find out about like, how? Did, yeah, good question. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I first knew that I was an artist. I figured out that first. And it's not again, it got kind of like told to me, like, I didn't really process the fact that I was like, you know, I, th I just thought I had a hobby that I was good at, you know what I mean? And people kept on calling me an artist. So, and that's like at five years old, six years old, seven years old, into kindergarten, first grade, second grade, blah, blah, blah. While I was a kid, though, I did see spirits and stuff like that. And I would talk to them. But I thought it was weird because I, on one hand, I thought that that was just a normal thing that everybody did and that we kind of just didn't talk about it. And on the other hand, people would give me weird looks whenever I brought it up. So I'd be like, okay, we're just, I'm just not going to talk about this. I'm going to forget it. And when I brought it up to my whole family, they thought it was normal because all the people on my mom's side of the family are also mediums or also sensitive to energy. So it was just kind of a normal thing for me. So I didn't realize that I was a medium until like last year. But I was definitely an artist, or I knew I was an artist before I knew that I was a medium. Now that I know I'm both, it's <laughs> been very eye-opening for me in realizing who I am and like what I'm here to do in this lifetime. Can you elaborate on like how that helps? I'm just really curious. I've I've always like I've always been really interested in like I said before we started recording, eighth house stellium, I've always been really interested in a spirituality and like cult and you know things like that and I I just like wonder like how how does how how do they affect each other yeah they they do affect each other heavily especially when I'm leaning towards the art side of things I recently actually this was such a weird experience for me because this is the first time that I've noticed that I've blacked out so when I'm channeling when I'm reading for people like not even doing art I black out basically it's kind of spirit using my body to talk through me and so I'm just kind of a vessel for spirit to come through and relay messages to the people that I'm reading for. So that same thing happens with art where I will basically black out, spirit will do its thing, I'll come to again, and then there's going to there's gonna be like a piece in front of me. <laughs> so usually when I sit down to make a piece, I get prepared to, you know, space out a little bit. <laughs> and it's not like I'm sleeping, it kind of just feels like I'm dreaming or like, like there's no thoughts head empty like that kind of thing like I don't really process anything I don't process what I'm doing and you know sometimes I'll come back and I'll work on the shading a little bit usually if I'm not completely spaced out I am focused on just the shading but not the actual ob objects that I'm drawing like the subject of the painting or like the the sketch or you know I, I like to work with charcoal a lot that too but yeah I did this painting where I started drawing an eye consciously I put intention into drawing an eye because you know I just like drawing eyes or drawing eyes sorry and then I started to get a little spacey and I didn't realize I was gone until I kind of came back like came to after it was done but yeah I started drawing an eye and then I remember like drawing like a line in between two eyes and then I don't remember anything else but I came to and it looked like a, a woman's face 
that was like kind of split open not graphic or anything, just like a a line. And there was a man's face in the background with his nose and his lips. So it lined up to be one face, but it looked like a a woman's mask, like a mask with a woman's face on it was splitting and opening up to reveal this man's face. And I actually happened to get a psychic reading from another psychic medium that was also in my town. And she, okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So I felt called to get a past life reading so I could figure out, you know, what are my strong suits? What are my weaknesses from past lives that I've had? That way I can get a get a, a better grasp on who I am now because I feel like that helps a lot. So I asked her about my past lives and she said, well, you were a man in a past life in your most recent past life as a human. You were a man and you were really, really good at art. You were an artist. You always wanted to be a professional artist, but because of society, it was like the 1800s. You had to be, you know, like a family man, take care of the house, take care of like a farm, I believe, something with animals. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, that's really interesting. That's really helpful to know. And I drove home and Spirit said, look at your, not painting, look at your drawing. And so I I brought up the drawing that I had channeled and I looked at it and that explained why there's a woman's face, my face, and underneath it, there is a man. Because apparently my past life came into the space where I was drawing and had me draw him, had me draw like who I was in the past life, basically. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. (laughs) I have a very weird specific question. Was that in England? It, that's a good question. It feels like it was in a, wait, why do you say that? (laughs) I, I have a past life from the same time period in England. Wait a minute. Because I was gonna, I felt, I've always felt drawn to London. It was... Wait a second. Is that why you feel familiar? I kept thinking you felt familiar, but I didn't want to say anything. But I have a past life in England from 1800 to the late 1800s. I lived a very, like, old life, but it was high society England near the water. Yeah. The way that I'm getting full body chills right now. (laughs) Do we oh leave this God. in? I don't even know if I should leave this in. That's <laughs> No, you should leave this in. This is so cool. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh my God. I've had past life readings too. I wasn't going to bring it up, but... Holy shit. That's so weird. That's okay. so cool. I don't know if that's good or bad. My stomach kind of hurts now. <laughs> Uh, it's always weird it's always weird I just had a kidney stone for the people listening uh we recorded this in February though so like no one say anything to me like currently because this episode isn't going to come out until like May but this is getting random my rock my rocks aren't working (laughs) (laughs) I have mine lined up in like a sigil it looks like just I also consciously didn't do that Uh, like didn't do that consciously okay (laughs) wait was it one was it London? I'm pretty sure now that you say it. She didn't say a location, so I just figured it was America, but I've always felt drawn to London. I was literally going to move there last year for that reason, for art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the same time period. That was my most recent one. I was a woman, uh, high society, London, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's uh... weird. That's so weird. <laughs> In a good way, but like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. <laughs> Jeez. I like when this happens, but I don't like when this happens. This I have happened same... more than once for you. <laughs> happened with my boyfriend because, oh, this is going to sound even weirder. This podcast is getting off topic, but I'm going to leave this in. So I went into my Akashic, I feel weird. <laughs> I went into my Akashic records pretty recently because I have been, I need to know about my past lives. I'm actually going to do a more in-depth past life reading with someone who specializes in past life healing because I 
the more I learn, the more I feel like I need to know. But in my Akashic records, I asked about my my boyfriend and the person that was doing the Akashic records reading for me, because I can't, I don't know how to do that. The person who's going into my records, she basically was like, yeah, one of you keeps dying in childhood, but someone broke a generational curse. And my boyfriend, everyone in his family who's the firstborn male has I'm died getting, at childbirth. And I'm getting he, full body chills right now. He was the first person to survive it. And now we are both adults. And we're together and we have had a lot of past lives together as children, but he has always died as a child and never made it to adulthood. And this is the first time we've shared a life together that's like a full a full life. life. Oh yeah. my god, I'm which I've Jesus, I this is a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to freak you out like that, but No, it's not yeah. freaking me out. It's just excitement <laughs> that I'm feeling right now. It's definitely it's definitely weird. I every time I learn about a past a past life of mine, because I I'm on my 46th human cycle. So this podcast is getting weird. Um, I'm, it's okay, it's okay. Everyone's going to learn how woo-woo I am right and now, right this second. Learn. And I have a lot of human past lives. And every time I learn about one, I I feel like I need to know more. And it's never enough to just know, oh, well, you were a, a lady in, in England in the 1800s and you were high society and it was by the water. I'm like, that's not enough. Yeah, what did I do? There's so many different like patterns and like things that you can notice about yourself. Like I get stabbing pains in my stomach and my lower stomach all the time. And I figured out that in that past life in England, people did not like me. I asked if I was an asshole in that life. She said no. So I think people just really didn't like me, which carries over into this life as well. And also I feel like I said, stabbing pains in my stomach and in my hand. Apparently, um, I got stabbed in the stomach (laughs) in my past life and I got whacked in the hand because like, you know, Christian or Catholic schools, they would whack your hand if you wrote with like your left hand. I was born ambidextrous in this lifetime, but they also whacked my left hand until I couldn't write with it. So that carried over into this lifetime as well. So there are definitely like things you can learn from past lives that you can realize how they impact you today. And that's also why I want to know so much more about my past lives. Birthmarks too birthmarks yeah. too i just felt the, i just felt the need to ask if it was in england and now i'm kind of like why did i just do that i just ruined the whole episode <laughs> i should have waited and asked later all right okay that's for recording it right uh no <laughs> so back to the art related stuff. yeah so so how does uh being a medium affected your art and like the way that you create it so does like I'm assuming I see I again I'm not a medium in that in that way the same way that you are I'm very spiritual but not not in the same way different but how does like I'm assuming like you can like kind of have like a knowing or like an intuitive, like a stronger like intuition. I don't know if this is the right wording. Yeah, yeah, stronger, intuition. Like, in- intuition than like most normal people. Yeah. Not that you're not normal, but most like just not medium people. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you mean. Does like knowing that like affect your like the traje- trajectory of like your path as an artist and your goals as an artist or even like the your artwork and the way that like you create it does it affect that at all in that definitely. way definitely definitely so it's already affected my trajectory so if I didn't realize I was a medium 
I probably would have never considered art as like a potential career path that I could go down because as far as I can tell in this lifetime, I'm going to be a psychic medium and an artist, kind of like half and half or find a way to blend the two in some way. Right now, they Spirit's kind of given me like the freedom to explore what I want to do when it comes to art. But I've noticed that when I'm doing a painting or any type of drawing, but specifically paintings, I find it more freeing. I don't know, something about the medium of paint in and of itself is just like really fun for me. It's also been really healing for my inner child because my inner child always wants to play with paint just because it's like you put your hands in it and everything. But they will actually have me one of the gifts I have is they'll have me look at things that are important in the physical realm. So I'm going to sound woo-woo this entire episode. That's just how I talk. <laughs> I'm the same way. Not normally on this podcast, but we'll make an exception for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm doing a painting, oh, what was I just talking about? ADHD. Okay. So spirit will have me look at certain things that are in front of me or that are important. And so like, if Spirit's trying to remind me about a certain person, place, or situation that I need to resolve, they'll have me look at it. Like somebody's name is on a street sign or something, they'll have me look at that. And so when I'm doing a painting, it's kind of a similar thing where they will show me where paint needs to go. And then I'll just pick whichever color I feel is best for that area. So say one area needs a lighter layer of like white or just a lighter color in general, I'll put it there. And I'll just put my hand there in a way in the way that it feels right and I'm sure all artists do it but when it comes to like the final touches mainly is when they really go in on like okay you need this here here and here because I'll be in the middle of painting and I'll just kind of you know do my thing as all artists do I think it's not just like from a mediumship perspective like you know you just have an eye for things you know mm -hmm. but at the end I'll ask spirit like do you have any final touches to tell me about or any guidance that you guys can get for this painting or any any type of art that I'm doing any medium and they'll show me like this would be good here um you could put this here but it'll impact this other area and so they kind of like give me the rundown of like almost like an art critique but it's through spirit and not like other people so that's been really helpful for me to kind of finalize my art and also like guide me through it. Like if I want to try something new, I can usually kind of tap into the future energy and see if I'll like it or not. See if I will be satisfied with the final product, if I'll have a fun time doing it. And, you know, if I sense that I'm not going to have a fun time doing it and it's just going to bring me stress, then sometimes I will. Other times I will because it's like a learning curve, like something to learn in that a lesson. Um, and sometimes I do it just for fun and spirits like, you go girl <laughs> like just let your inner child do whatever it wants so sometimes my guides will just let me do whatever I want and no actually no all the time they let me do whatever I want however without the critiquing when I want to just specifically make a painting for me to just relax and calm down sometimes I draw things from spirit that are kind of like otherworldly so you know how I talked about the past life thing that's kind of a human thing a human life other times I will channel like interdimensional and beings from other planets, which do exist, but I'm not going to get into that whole thing. Also like myth mythical creatures. When I first got into my spiritual awakening, I drew a dragon without meaning to. It kind of just happened. And I find that's what happens with a lot of my art, not even when it comes to like specifically spiritual things. Like one time I was doing a painting and I started off with like a light pink layer for the background. And I started drawing a coffee cup in this like really cutesy kind of cartoony style. And then by the time I 
ended the the project it was basically like it looked like a chalkboard with a coffee cup on it and it was very rugged looking very dark had a lot of texture to it nothing like I had originally set out to do but it looked way better and I was way happier with the result and I don't think that that's something that I could have made on my own when it comes to like the technical stuff though with like shading and all that I do give credit to myself but the concepts that come through are definitely channeled and it's it's really telling when I black out so sometimes I will be doing a painting and I'll be consciously there like I'll notice that I don't black out as much or I seem like I feel more present and other times complete blackout like the one I did with the past life drawing and also I did a painting it's on my website it's like the biggest painting I've done so far it's like 30 by 40 inches something like that that's not really important but I just kind of let myself like do whatever I wanted with it and that was another instance in which I kind of, my consciousness was not there. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to give yourself more credit. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. Just you saying like, oh, like I, I channeled it and I wouldn't be able to do that. Like, no, like, but you're still doing it. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's like saying like, oh, I, yeah, I took a picture of my art and I photoshopped it. So like, it doesn't really count. Like it still counts. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I do that all the time. I've struggled with. I've struggled with that a lot because like with everything I do, once I realized I was in medium, I realized that a lot of the things I do are channeled. Even conversations I have with people, if somebody needs to hear something, I will say it. And it's not me saying it, but it is me. So I've str kind of struggled on like where to give myself credit and where to give credit to spirit. But I do think that that's more of an ego thing me even like contemplating that because it's we're all one when it comes down to it and I think it's just I don't know yeah good balance in that I I understand that to an extent but I I also kind of feel like I think everyone whether they know it or are aware of it or not communicates with their guides and their spirit team and you know at the end of the day like your accomplishments are your accomplishments everybody like has their team to help them and support them and like wow you know that is you can't just be like oh yeah they don't do anything whatever I'm gonna take credit for all of it it's like yeah don't, don't do that agree. obviously they're helping but you still you got to give yourself credit because like you did that yeah. you know be yeah proud no of yourself. I, I agree completely <laughs> it's something that I've been working on lately <laughs> Yeah, no, just like you did that. It's it's awesome and it's still cool. And like another thing too is like even if you channeled it, like I get I, I can't do that. <laughs> like I can't channel stuff. It's like 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 me like doing a painting and then pulling it into Photoshop and editing it and someone being like, ah, oh, I wish you know I could I could do that. It's like <laughs> yeah, you just learn Photoshop. Like I don't know, it's the whole thing. But yeah, it's still you gotta take credit for it. I, I don't stand for people being like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. You did a good yeah, job. Be proud of yourself. <laughs> no, have confidence. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it it yeah. feels really good to be confident. I, something I learned pretty recently and it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I definitely I, do think it ties into confidence as well, which is another thing my guides have been getting me to work on, not only with my art, but like giving readings for other people as well. So yes. we're working on it. It's a, it's a work in progress. And I will say guys, if you're, if you're listening, her readings are spot on I bought two two of them two of them <laughs> spot on like super accurate Thank like you. and that's another thing you should be confident in too because like everything you said to a T was was super accurate and I I work with a lot of different like people in 
spiritual. I don't know, the, the space, like in the, in the spiritual space, like, you know, I have my like Reiki coach, and I'm a very spiritual person myself. And uh, like you were saying how, you know, sometimes you do, you like are like, oh, should I work on this project? And you can like channel and speak with your team and like know if it's going to be stressful. I have to pay someone and go to them and be like, uh, is this going to be stressful? And then they sit there <laughs> and they pull the cards and they're like, yeah, but you'll like it. And I'm like, okay, I guess <laughs> yeah. I'll try it. And then I'll be everything in life. Yeah, <laughs> you'll like it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm at a point where it's just kind of like, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm just along for the ride and whatever happens, whatever. Yeah. But I do. That's another thing I'm trying to do is just like go with the flow because I can like tap into future energy and it's like, well, am I going to stress about this or am I just going to like live through it? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. And you know what? Living through it, sometimes you get a kidney stone and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes some really cool stuff happens and like I don't know I'm just I'm along for the ride now I used to be like okay but I need to know what happened to me before who was I before this and I was like it's so easy to get like that like want to know every single detail which is completely understandable but no for real and then I went into my Akashic records and I literally had a panic attack meltdown had a huge download (laughs) I like was screaming in the shower because I was like I know too much (laughs) oh my god that's how I feel like on a daily basis that's also something I'm working on (laughs) yeah no I totally get that like knowing too much and that's like totally my fault because I literally like I seek I seek it out too it's not even like oh I just like I uncover things naturally. Nope. I'm a nervous wreck and I need to know everything before I make any decision at all. The same, the same thing. (laughs) So I have, I have a question. I mean, you talked about this a little bit already, but can you like, I don't know the word for it, but like step by step, like chronologically, what is the process intentionally when you're doing it intentionally to create channeled artwork? Like what what does that look like for you? Yeah, so first I start off by kind of imagining what I want to draw or, you know, create, paint, whatever it may be. What I want to make basically, whether it be like a a painting or like, you know, on a t-shirt, something like that. Usually I won't make art until I have an idea. So usually an idea will just pop in my head. Sometimes I do end up following through with that same exact design or or at least one detail of it. Say I want to make like, I'll get in my head like, okay, I just want like a light pink background or I want like a certain background color and then it'll go from there. Other times I'll get like a full on design of what I want to do. So when I, when I make art, when I create anything, whether it be like um, a drawing, painting, something on a t-shirt, something on fabric, whatever it may be, it usually starts off where I'll get an idea in my head, whether it be just like one specific detail that I want to be in the painting or a full on like image of what I want to create. And sometimes I'll start off by, you know, following through with one of the ideas I got. So say sometimes I get a specific color that I want to use for the background and then I don't get any other details coming up in either my imagination or from spirit. And so I'll just start with that one little detail and then I'll go from there. Other times I will get a full on like download of the image that I want to draw or it comes up in my imagination. It's kind of like 50-50. Usually when I start making it is when I start channeling. But step by step, usually I'll start off with um, a rough sketch if it's a painting, just like with pencil or something like that. Not anything substantial substantial or like long lasting that would be in, a, in the final product. And once I have that sketch down, I will just go 
full like just like full on with the final product i don't really like to start off with like a rough draft or anything like that i know a lot of people do and that's part of their process but for me it's usually the first time that i do it that it ends up the best so i would much rather just make the final product and have that be the final product like start off with the final one i've just noticed that that's what works for me also, when I do paintings and any type of art, I usually do it very, very quickly. That's actually my favorite style that I have is doing things very, very messy, very, you know, intuitive. And I, I do enjoy sometimes doing technical pieces where it's very much detail oriented in like the shading and like the outlining and it's very clean cut, very clean edges, things like that. But I've noticed like I do it well, but I wouldn't do it on my own time. Like I've done it in school and things like that, like in art class but I don't enjoy doing it. And so I kind of stray farther away from that, like the more technical side and I'll go into the more like kind of messy because I, I enjoy when art looks messy. I really don't think that my art is supposed to look like clean cut. The opposite. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I'm a graphic designer. I don't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. See, that's why I've never been drawn to graphic design because I really love the idea of being, not the idea of being a graphic designer, but being able to sit down with like, you know, some piece of technology and being able to draw and create something, but that's just not me. It's just like, I do value the lack of mess a lot when it comes to technical art and stuff like that and digital art. And I kind of wished I, I liked it more, but I, I don't know. I just love like messy, messy creation. <laughs> like messy so do art. I. I. I wish I had more opportunity to do it too, but graphic design wasn't something I chose. It fell into my lap and it pays my bills for now. So that's what yeah. I do. <laughs> and like, yeah. I like it. I don't hate it, but I do miss. And I was, I was telling my boyfriend this like earlier today, I was like, you know, I wish I had more, more space to create because I, if I had a studio space, I would be a painter. I would have paintings everywhere and I would be painting and I would be drawing and I would be doing these big gigantic traditional art pieces because that's yeah. something that I used to do when I was younger. And I, you know, had, you know, I went to high school and I had a big art classroom and I had all of these resources to do all these things. And then, you know, I, I graduated high school and I had to start paying bills and I had to move out of my parents' house and I had to do all these things. And it was like, okay, survival mode. You yeah. can't do that for a while. And I never, yeah, I never got, space. yeah, I just, I never, I never got back into it. I never, uh, you know, never got back into the whole painting thing. And I, you know, I have, more space now I guess than than I did previously but I I'm still at a point where it's like it's really difficult for me to because like you said like being messy and being creative it does take room because uh, a lot of people and this is a problem that a lot of beginner artists have who are, are new to it is they'll draw with their wrists but people who have done art for a long time, you you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Your, whole, your whole arm, your whole body, your whole expression, it hurts yeah. your wrist. Not only does it hurt your wrist, but it's also, uh, it's not, uh, what's the word? It's not as productive. Effective, and, yeah. That's why I don't even use yeah. it. I don't even use it like an easel or anything like that. I literally put it on the floor and I'll move the canvas based on like what I need to do. I do most of my art like on my bed. I have, I just moved into a place with like a really big bed, like a queen. I don't know. It's big. So <laughs> I put my canvas on it and I have gotten some paint on my comforter, but don't tell anybody that as I say it on a podcast. But um, 
Yeah, I just when I did that big canvas, I just put it on my bed and just hoped for the <laughs> for the best. But it's a dream of mine to have like my own studio where I can I really want to do pieces where I just like throw paint on a canvas. Like that seems so exciting to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I used to the background. I did that recently. My so I have I have three jobs. I've talked about it on the podcast. I have three jobs. One of my jobs is I make educational art videos for children and I made a Jackson Pollock like educational video and I was like okay your your challenge is to do a Pollock and I like put down I bought this like big plastic tarp and I put it down in my living room and I was like doing a demo and I was just like splattering paint all over the canvas and then I finished recording and I was like that went great and then I like looked at like everything and I was like what did I just do what I just do that's so cute though the tarp like caught everything, but the problem was like the tarp did catch everything. But the problem was I have cats, and uh, where am I going to put the tarp for it to dry? And yeah. I ended up just folding it up with wet paint in it, and that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I ended up just like throwing it away. But yeah, it was really fun. That was actually probably the the most recent and only time in probably the past like four years that I've been able to actually like get really messy and like create a painting that wasn't like, you know, super clean, super refined for a consumer, for a customer, for a website, for social branding, graphic yeah. design type thing. So I have found yeah. though that making something that's extremely like technically, what do you call it? clean like clean cut it is super satisfying to look back at it even like regardless of how much time you spent on it or like how long it took how like painstaking it was it's so satisfying to look back and be like yeah I did that (laughs) or just to look at it and have it be visually appealing but I don't know yeah and that's another thing too it depends on your goal goals as an artist too because I you know I've always had like the belief and I still think I do that uh, technical skill is just a good thing to have, especially if you're trying to make money as an artist, because, you know, no matter like what your goals are, what you're trying to do at the at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, you got to do art that you're not really used to doing. And if that yeah. includes technical skill, it includes technical skill. And like, I'm very fortunate to like have been in the situation that I have with like having the jobs that I've had in the past to be able to support myself with my art. But there's a lot, there's a lot more that I have uh, wanted to to do with it, you know, and like, that's yeah. something that's something that I, I think is really fun too, is just being really messy with it. And like, not caring so much about you know it being technically clean or sound but like there's a lot of art that I really love and really enjoy that's not super clean and then there's also art like the comedian which I'm gonna bring it up in every single episode apparently (laughs) someone has to have you heard have you heard the the comedian no it's a banana duct taped to a wall it's sold (laughs) it's sold for millions of dollars it's like a pic what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this guy, there's an episode on it. Everyone who's listening, if you, if you want to go listen to it, season one episode, I think it's like episode 25 or something. It's called The Comedian and the Definition of Art. It explains everything, but that's what it is. It's a Oh, is it like an ironic, like an ironic piece or is it? 
like I mean, it sold for millions of dollars. I think the guy was being it, it was like a it was a statement piece for sure. I think he was trying to prove a point, and he sure statement. did because people were cleaning yeah. it up. Like people bought it too. And what's crazy is it's a banana, like it's gonna rot. But you would get like a certificate, and then every like when you buy it, like every time like the banana would rot, someone would come and like replace the banana with a new banana and like duct tape it to the wall again, and you would just have it like in your house. Interesting. It, it's definitely weird. a statement piece, I would say. But that's the thing. Like, who's to say what is art? And like, if it's not technically clean or not, like everyone has different goals with art and art can be so many different things and look like so many different things, including a banana duct tape to a wall. So it's like, <laughs> who am I to really I say? Realism. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, me telling you like, oh, learning technical skills really good means nothing if you sell a banana duct tape to a wall for $3 million and then live off of that for the rest of your life because you totally could. And I mean, you have you fun can, left over too. Like, that's the thing is like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Art's weird. <laughs> if you can, then do it. I mean, <laughs> I was just wondering, like, how, how might intuitive artwork look uh, different for you as a medium than it would for like someone like me who doesn't have those abilities? I think that everyone is capable of doing intuitive art because we're all psychic to some degree some are naturally more in tune than others i just so happen to be more in tune naturally than the average person but i definitely think it's accessible to anybody who wants to do intuitive art for me i think it's a more direct relationship with you know just spirit in general so sometimes i'll channel specific spirits that want to communicate and that's how they find it's most efficient or even entertaining for them to communicate with me um, until I get their point across like my past life came through during well, well I was doing art and it's very fitting because he could have just walked up to me and told me like hey I'm your past life but he did it in a more like nuanced <laughs> artsy way which is very the character fits it matches but I do think it's really healing for anybody that wants to do that and a lot of people I found don't know what your intuition is so your intuition is basically that the feeling that you get the gut feeling the reason like the reason why you want to do something without consciously knowing why it's like I don't know but I really want to do this or like I don't know why I'm drawn to this but I am that's your intuition that's your your soul knowing what's up and guiding you towards something because it's either part of your life path or something that you need to heal or can heal and I think art is a really effective tool to heal when I was first doing my my medium training I like to call it it wasn't like an official program or anything like that it was my guides kind of coaching me into not being scared of negative or like lower vibration entities and it was a really rough time for me because I was like being thrown all these lower level little pesky things dark things and I coped with it using art. I would channel angels as a way of like comforting myself because my guides were basically just like, you need to learn. So they kind of left me alone and didn't offer me, not that they didn't offer me help, but they let the bad things come through so I could learn not to be afraid of them. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm not afraid of them anymore. But I've had some really cool art pieces come as a result of me being scared out of my mind for like four months straight. So definitely like a lot of angels coming through in my art and stuff like that, which, um, I actually think that like regardless of if you're a medium or not that you can do channeled art because like I said we we're all we're all one we have some connection to the divine whether we like it or not because I know some people are kind of scared and think of it as like taboo but I think we're all connected and I've definitely seen like songs and art pieces paintings things like that channeled from spirit like I can tell because I'll get chills and they're not mediums they don't identify as mediums or anything like that so Definitely. It's definitely accessible to everybody. Yeah. I meant to ask you this earlier, actually, and I probably like started thinking about something else and forgot. But and I like I hope this isn't too much. So you don't have to answer it if it is. But like, 
I like what you what you just said just now have been and am kind of like terrified. So I and you know, I, I will never talk about this on Artwise again, unless you know, I have another spiritualist medium person come on. So like, if this isn't for you, you don't have to listen to the rest of the episode. But if so, I get really freaked out. <laughs> When yeah. I do, so I I'm clairaudient. I can hear my guides very clearly. You're a medium, then you're a medium. If you can talk to your guides, like hear that, like by not using physical means, you're a medium. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, not, it's not like that. It's not like that. No, if you're clairaudient, you are a medium. <laughs> like that's how it goes. Or no, I shouldn't say that. You could be psychic. However, if you're talking to your guides, you're a medium. It's just, no. it's just the one. I, it's just, I don't, don't wanna... be scared. No, it's freaks... easier said than done to not it, be scared. It took it, me a long time to get to this point. It freaks me out. And I even, I'll be, sometimes I'll be sitting here and I'm like, I wish I knew. I wish you guys would just tell me. And then I, I get like a download and I start to panic. And then, and then they're like, that's why we didn't tell you, dude. Like you freak out. That's called clear cognizance. When you just get information kind of downloaded into your brain. I hate um, it. I hate it. I've only had it happen. Sorry. I've only had it happen a few times. Tackling. I I hate it. It's it can be like scary. It. Freaks freaks um, me out. Ugh. Hey, I have sometimes when I'm reading people and I get freaked out. Like I just when I was reading somebody yesterday, they played Shine Like a Diamond. I don't know if the if that's the actual name of the song, but they played it like Shine Bright Like a Diamond. <laughs> and then I, a card flew out because I was shuffling oracle cards as I was doing that, and it said, shine your light, and that freaked me out. I was in that live. <laughs> you were? Were you watching? <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes the, yeah. I'm always on TikTok at the same time you're live for some reason, and yours keeps... Spo- I don't know if there's a reason. There's probably a reason. There's, there's no always a reason. There's no coincidences. I know. <laughs> Every time I'm on TikTok, for some reason, I'm on my free page and I'm scrolling, and your live pops up, and I'm just like oh, let's see what's up. And like, I literally saw that happen. And then I just kept scrolling because I was like, I feel like I'm always yeah. in here, like being annoying. So I was like, let's. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get really freaked out by this, this stuff. I, and you know, it's nothing I've experienced in my whole life. It's all new to me, except for the, the hearing thing. But I always thought it was my conscience until recently when I started working with my spiritual coach. And I was like, oh, it's not, it's not my voice though. My spiritual coach, she's like, Dude, she's talking, she's talking to me right now. She's like, why did you think we brought her the spiritual coach? Oh my god. Is it Betty? Is it oh my Betty? god. They started playing Black, Black Betty. Is that the name? Oh, no. Play that song. I've had it stuck in my head all day. It's like... just said Bamalam. <laughs> they, they're a lot more funny than people give them credit for. Because I feel like a lot of people who are into spirituality are like so serious about things. Like, no, spirit cracks jokes all the time. No. But yeah, I fully understand why you would be afraid of it. Like when I first, you know, when I first figured out I was a medium and having all this, like these awakenings and things like that, I started to see spirits physically. That's the first indication that I knew I was a medium and I saw dark things. And I was like, what is this? I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I was terrified. And oh my God, what was I saying? What were you just talking about? This goes hand in hand with ADHD because I've noticed that a lot of mediums also have ADHD. And this other medium channeled the fact that we have ADHD because this is the way that spirit thinks because they're not limited by a human brain. I don't remember her username, but that is not my information that I channeled. It's from her. (laughs) Oh yeah, back to the being scared thing. The main thing that I had to do was deprogram all of the things that I've seen and learned and heard from horror movies. Because I found that when I was perceiving darker entities, they, I'm mainly clairvoyant. 
Well, I was at the time anyway. It's kind of changed since then. But they would send me images from horror movies that I had watched and it terrified me. Ugh. And justifyingly so because we, the entertainment industry has kind of hijacked our perception of what spirit is. And so they're not actually all like that. It's actually very, very few are like that. Most of like the really, really lower level stuff is not allowed on earth. And it, I mean, they, they do exist, but I don't want to spread fear like that because we, we all have a spirit team that protects us. Mm-hmm. I am a professional medium. I do it for a living and I haven't really encountered a lot of darker entities. Like they're there, but like if you learn to not fear them, they can't do anything. And that's why I had to go through such, like, rigorous, like, training, I like to call it. It was literally, like, spiritual boot camp. But I learned to not fear them at all. Like, I had one kind of darker thing come through during a reading yesterday. And I was, like, it was attached to the person I was reading. Not attached, but, like, in her house. Coming from her energy. And so I was, like, I can't read you because it's blocking out the information. But I noticed me a year ago, I would have been really scared. I would have, like, shut down the live, maybe, and, like, not been able to read for the rest of the night or the next few weeks. Me now, I didn't, I wasn't even scared. Like, it moved something on my desk. It was actually, it had the Black Obsidian Fall, which is a very protective stone. That's how I know Mm -hmm. it works. And I wasn't scared at all. So, to anybody who's listening, if you're letting fear hold you back, if you don't fear them at all, if you get to the point where you, you're so like, it's faith when it comes down to it, because it's not just like instant fearlessness. It's faith that you'll be protected by the divine, by positive energies that want to help, because there are so many that we don't um, acknowledge, especially, you know, in Hollywood, because they love the deep, dark scaries because it gets views because a lot of people are attracted to negativity. However, we all have angels helping us. We all have guides that are extremely protective of us and they love us very much. And I think it's just a lot of societal programming that influences the way we perceive spirit in general. Because when I first you know, started perceiving spirit, I was like, everything is scary. But that's not true. It's just the way that I had been taught to perceive spirit was that all of them were scary, all of them were bad. But that's really, really not the case. A lot of them just want to help. Yeah. Okay. That's really, that's good to hear. I just get nervous. I Everything makes me nervous though, even stupid things. So it's like, you know. Yeah, no, it's understandable it, why people are scared of like, you know, spirits and stuff. But. And I, I too, like, I, I don't have anyone really close to me into spirituality. I've always been really spiritual and my mom kind of is into it, but not in the way that I am. And so it's been really weird, like as like a young adult kind of like navigating and trying to find people who are also like into the same thing and trying to figure out for myself what's going on with me. Because again, like I said, I always thought, you know, the voice in my head was just like my conscience or my thoughts. And then, you know, as I started talking to people and being like, oh, well, you know, you don't have like whole conversations back and forth with yourself in your head. No, (laughs) that's weird. (laughs) you didn't want to hear that I'm kind of mad probably sent me in to be like can you tell her (laughs) no people Um, uh, I knew like I've heard clear audience all the time and you know I do get like the downloads where I don't even know how to describe the downloads without sounding like an absolute nutcase because that's what it feels like when I get them and (laughs) I have only I haven't had a lot of the the downloads though but the the clear audience is something that's really I don't even I don't even need to try like it's just it's there Um, yeah and it can be really hard to navigate that, especially when you don't have help from somebody. Like, I forgot if I, if I mentioned this previously, but like I said, my my mom's side of the family, they're all mediums, but they're too scared to tap into it. And so they mm-hmm. didn't know they were mediums until I realized that I was a medium. And then I 
ask them like do you hear anything do you see what i'm seeing do you sense what i'm sensing and they're like yeah but like it's just my imagination like i don't really like think anything of it and i was like no it's not your imagination <laughs> sorry <laughs> like my mom's clear audience as well she'll hear like footsteps and people talking and things like that and she'll like call them over and be like hey what are you doing and like she does it to everybody who's in the house and she said once i started realizing that i was a medium she started picking up on her own abilities and there was nobody in the house whenever she tried to get them to come over to her <laughs> see um, but like that's the thing with me that makes me think that maybe it's not that because i only hear stuff from my team my spirit team my guides they're the only people yeah. i ever hear stuff from i don't hear like spooky ghosts or nothing like yeah. that and i don't see i don't see things at all and thank god because that would scare me <laughs> but like yeah i wouldn't um, i don't think i'd be able to handle it and like the whole thing the whole idea makes me nervous, but at the end of the day, I know that there's like a lot of stuff that I'm just going to have to like deal with. And that's what freaks me out. And it's not art related. So I don't know why I'm talking about it, but I, I was curious <laughs> like to know because I get really scared by it. And I was just wondering if you had the same experience. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I have. <laughs> All right. So last question before we wrap it up really quick, I ask everybody this because I think it's really important. What what advice would you give like a younger version of yourself regarding your path as an artist? Like, is there any really good advice that maybe like you would give now or that maybe you've heard from someone else that really stuck with you? Yeah, my advice is that you have a dream, regardless of what it is, go for it. Because there is a reason why you have that dream. There's a reason why you feel inclined to take a certain path. And don't listen to anybody who tells you that you can't do it and that it's not possible. Because if you're feeling like you want to do it, if you intuitively feel drawn to it, there's a reason why. That's good advice. I like that. All right. It's been a little over an hour. So I think it is time. It is self-promo time. I need to make the music. Woo! Oh my gosh. I gotta I gotta get in contact with my with somebody to make me some some self-promo time little transition yes. segment music. <laughs> be, I can't wait for that. I'm so excited for that. So go ahead. All your social media where people can find you, cool projects you're working on, your business, services you provide, Kickstarters, GoFundMe's, literally anything, anything at all. Go ahead. I all leave right. the floor to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my my home base is my website. It's called averynarrow.com. It's my name.com. E-V-E-R-I-E-N-A-R-R-E-A-U.com. That's where you can find literally everything that I do. I have a YouTube channel where I do pick a card tarot readings. I have a podcast, A Scorpio's Perspective. I have a TikTok page. It's ave.nar where I do collective readings and live readings through TikTok Live. I have an Instagram. It's called Tonks Tarot, T-O-N-X-T-A-R-O-T. That's the same uh, username as my YouTube channel. And any additional things or projects, any type of thing that'll have in the future, it will also be included on my website. That's kind of like my home base where you can see everything that I do. If you're interested, you can click on my website. It'll lead you to my page where you can schedule everything. Yeah, if you have any, qu any questions, you can... Basically, just go to my page. I have a contact me tab where you can ask me any type of questions that you have. If you're interested in 
buying art for me. My art is also featured on my website. I'm selling prints of my art and I'm also trying to get some bigger, bigger pieces in. And yeah, I'm working on shipping currently, but I plan to have them accessible to the whole, the whole world pretty much when it comes to shipping the bigger pieces. Yeah, any new art that I make or any new projects that I'll have, it will be featured on my website. So take a look at that if you're interested. All right. So as always, everything that she just mentions going to be in the episode description for easy access. So any of that stuff, you can find a link to it in the episode description. As always, we have a discord brand new discord for season two. It's a lot of the guests Ooh. from season two are going to be joining the discord. So if you have any questions for any specific guests or anything, it'll be really easy. If you want to join the discord, we have a lovely little community there. Uh, so that link will be in the description of the episode and our Instagram at artwise podcast. It'll be in the the bio, I guess, there. <laughs> if you want to check out our Instagram, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And as always, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, five stars really helps us out. So yeah, thank you so much, Avery, for coming on. This episode was- Thank you for having me. It was really cool. And I'm so <laughs> freaking excited to be able to record this episode because it's definitely different from some of the ones that we've done in the past. So I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited about that. And it was really fun. So thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for letting me, letting me talk on here. <laughs> for sure. All right. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, I will see all of you again next Tuesday. Bye, everyone.